Okay, let's go. Okay, so it's just me and Hunter. So stoked to be kicking off podcast stuff, but, um, and I'm creaking the table. I'll try not to move. Um, yeah, so me and Hunter talked about something that, um, well, okay, let me go back. One of my, like, dreams, I think, for this podcast is, like, talking to people about things that God's been teaching them or have been on their heart because, um, one, usually I feel like if God's talking or moving something in somebody's life, then you're kind of thinking about it a lot, so that means that you can talk about it a lot. (laughs) And what cooler um, thing than to, like, share it with the rest of the community. And, like, I feel like a lot of times those conversations don't really happen normally. So um, I'm stoked because it means I get to have fun conversations with people and then we get to record it and let everybody else hear it too. And, like, um, what cooler thing than hearing the Lord's wisdom like for one person, but maybe it's touching someone else's life too, and yeah, cool platform, and empowering people's voices, all the fun stuff. So, anyways, it's me and Hunter. Hello. So say, say hi, Hunter. <laughs> hi, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, like, overview, what's been on your heart? Like, what have you said that you've been, like, processing through some things, and... Um, yeah, verbally process it to me. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I guess recently um, just kind of been thinking about some things that in my life I've been dealing with that I haven't ever really vocalized before. Um, things like loneliness and abandonment issues and um, just mm-hmm. kind of trying to process through that and um, I'll do it while being a spiritual leader in a community and a relationship and go to school and work multiple jobs and so um, life gets in the way of processing and I think that's something that the break really taught me is just uh, needing time to be able to step aside and really think about what's going on and what God is teaching me. Wait so you'd say when did it also was it over a break then that you just kind of yeah it kind of started towards the end of the term last term so fall term um, and just kind of hit me after Christmas probably um, just talking with Jesse and having conversation with her and she just kind of pointed out some things um, after I was vocalizing my frustrations and she mm. kind of pointed my frustrations back to me and said you know that there's kind of some things that I'm dealing with that I don't think I've ever really processed and it's probably why I think the way I think. Is it so interesting that sometimes that I've learned this that <laughs> it takes other people calling out things for you to even like this is blind spots. You just have no idea until somebody mentions it. It's very humbling. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, no it's... joke. <laughs> I feel like that's a like interesting thing to recognize too. Is like I feel like that can really only happen with people who are super close to you. Obviously, Jesse is that for yeah. you. I mean, it, the context behind the conversation that we were having was my frustrations with just uh, different people and friendships and relationships and just kind of voicing and airing out all my frustrations and Jesse just kind of was like well have you ever done this or have you ever Mm. done that and it was kind of like a wake-up call and someone that is near and dear to my heart and the real life community was Jeff Vinji and Mm, Jesse just kind of said you know Jeff seems like the guy that was one of your best friends like Mm. have you ever tried being the Jeff in real life and like taking his spot now that he's gone and I was like 
no. And I just <laughs> kind of, <laughs> I kind of voiced that I was like, no, because I guess I had this idea that if I was going to put in, I expect everyone to give out equal hmm. input. And um, if I didn't, I didn't want to establish those relationships because I was afraid that I would just be left alone hmm. and um, that my community wouldn't back me and support me like I was hoping it would. So a little bit of that like self-preservation kind of thing yeah. where it's like if people don't want me, then I don't want them and yep. I don't, it's not worth, huh? Huh. Yeah, and so I think that conversation just kind of started this snowball mm. that has been a snowball that's just kept rolling. Huh. <laughs> um, and just Classic, thinking about yeah. my life story and, you know, having to go through uh, parents divorce and then mm. um, self um, you know self doubt and putting on the weight of mm. being the man of the household even though I didn't have to put mm. that weight on and just that fear of like I may be left alone one day mm. and um, not wanting to fail and mm. repeat what my parents did mm. um, and I think that holds extra weight when you're in a relationship with someone mm. and you just have that fear of oh my gosh things could end things uh, could um go wrong and mm. just being fearful over that so does that cause you would you say to like in in the context of real life it's caused you to detach yep. with jesse is it would you say it does a similar it's like closer to your heart obviously and that's what's brought out a lot of the yeah, stuff I which think is so sweet but. with real life it was very much that detachment kind of feeling of just like I'm gonna I'm gonna be there but I'm not gonna fully invest mm. um, and I think with Jesse it was a mindset of holding on too firmly mm. um, because you know my attachment and my love for her is mm. great mm -hmm. um, but I had this fear of just like I, I don't want to let this go mm. like there's no letting it go I don't want to go through all those feelings where right. in reality like God has a plan for us that we don't right. know and um, you have to have a level of loose grip mm. um, and being able to just follow in God's plan. Right, that surrender. Um, and surrendering it to him. So, you know, that's just, that's a very um, delicate place and a delicate mm. line that you walk. But I think recently I've been walking that line and my biggest issue is... Um, fighting those doubts mm. and those fears and all that right. sort of stuff and trying to relax in God's presence mm. and God's word because um, I have a very active and a very mm. rational mind mm. and so when those fears and doubts kind of mm. creep in that's when it's Are the you hardest an overthinker? One. Yes. Yeah. Classic overthinker. I feel. Um, and so We're in the MU. Yeah. Somebody just rolled by with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think overthinking is a classic um, yeah. fault of huh. anyone, and it's something that I often fall into, especially mm. when I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, I feel like that's kind of the pace of life as a student. <laughs> it's yep. a pretty hard thing to fight. Huh. Um, I just thought about this is my problem. I like need an active like notepad. <laughs> this thing and this thing and this thing. Um, it's just something along the lines of like in the community. 
the fear of like would you say there's any like pride in that too like mixed up in that it's like a I feel Definitely. like it's a mix of pride and humility of like I'm willing to like serve these people even if they don't like want <laughs> to be my friend back or like yep. especially even like would you say being put into a position of leadership in like in as a leader in real life that's probably had an impact on it too would you say it's made it more pronounced of like oh this is my job versus yeah you know there's definitely a level of pride that comes into this um you know just being I guess prideful in the sense of like I'm doing better than you guys I'm doing my part why aren't you guys doing yours Mm -hmm. kind of thing and that idea of comparisons Mm -hmm. which we know in faith is one of the worst things you can try and do Um, but I think definitely to your point of being hired on as an intern I think what it's done is it's added a lot of stress and unnecessary and self um, self input stress like I'm putting it on myself Um, Mm. but I definitely think that stress of being an intern is like man I'm giving you guys this, but you guys aren't giving it back. So why would I want to give you mm. this? And then I have that a weird mental game. That pull of like, but I'm also like working for you guys. And as a business student and someone who like mm. values hard work, like right. I'm like, okay, I did sign on for this, so I'm mm. going to give you guys this right. level of work. Uh, but I also even, still want my right reward. Or, right, but you also don't want it to be like it's. Ho- what a weird we can classic overthinking again of like uh like uh in a community i should be able to expect this but at the same time christ doesn't like exemplify like it's right. not necessarily a give and take like he gives and gives and gives and gives and his take is from like back from the lord right, right. so this fun i feel like it just comes back to that unoffendable heart and i don't know fix our eyes on jesus and it's somewhere it becomes easy again <laughs> Yeah, I think the things that I really look at um, when it comes to these issues is just thinking about, like, when I have fears of being abandoned or alone, I know that those fears are irrational because at the end of the day, they just don't exist in God's kingdom. Mm. And, yes. um, like, again. he is a God that is never more than a shouting distance away. Right. Like... A whisper. A whisper. And, you know, we feel like he is at times because right. his power and just, like, who he is is so great or compared to Or even for visual us. people, like, that's rough yeah. to conceptualize. Yeah. yeah. But in reality, we can call on him in any situation, yeah. and in that moment, he will be there. Um, and so I think just trying to <laughs> – I'm preaching into the choir here, but just trying to, like, yeah. reiterate that and just – speak that into my life right. daily and just be like okay no I'm not alone yeah. God's there he has a plan and just relax in that um, those are the things that I really have to speak over myself Yeah. and um, I mean just looking at how Jesus interacted with the disciples he gave them so much but yet they still asked of him mm-hmm. um, I'm going through the entire Bible in 10 months and so I'm doing four chapters a day and I'm in Mark right now and a couple days ago I was reading in Mark and uh, one of the disciples asked Jesus um, about food and they didn't have food and he was doubting Jesus and 
he go, Jesus responded and said, how many baskets did we leave with after I fed the 5,000? Mm. There were 12. And how many did we start with? 12. And how many did we leave with when I fed the 4,000? And there were seven. And like, he just proved that no matter what, there's abundance in him. Yeah. And he provides, even though it doesn't look like it yeah. in the situation, he's providing. Yeah, he's there. Um, when he's so faithful to just remind us again. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that it's like you saw the baskets of bread. <laughs> yeah. Uh, huh. How has it shifted how you approach then, like something like real life, where like the root of it was, uh, like that revelation was right rooted in real life and being like, Meh, like this and this and this. Yeah. Like, how did how is the process of this revelation like affecting your perspective towards community and like friendships and relationships and. I think what I'm trying to do more so now is just focus on myself being intentional mm. and not worrying about others. Mm. So, um, you know, it's that idea of when you're pointing one finger, there's three more pointing back at you. Um, oh, and so I was, I was definitely pointing the finger at, at people and saying this and this, but you right. know, there were still fingers pointing back at me and yeah. I wasn't giving my equal part. So. I've made game. it more of a point this term. A point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. I hope that. <laughs> <laughs> but I've made it more of an emphasis, Gemma, <laughs> um, to just be intentional about hanging out with people. And uh -huh. so I've set um, certain days and I'll look at my calendar each week and just kind of say which friend this week do I want to go get dinner with and I'm just yeah. kind of like working through a list one. of people yeah <laughs> basically and so so reach out to Hunter um, if you have free time <laughs> and so yeah like so far I've gone to dinner with both Chungs which yes. has been interesting <laughs> and I love love both of them but uh -huh. you know just kind of working through and just adding that value to the friendships that yeah. I have and um, oh, and it means so much to be sought out by yeah. somebody. Ugh. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, what it does is if I extend that hand and it's not extended back, you know, there's my answer. And nothing against that person or anything mm -hmm. like that, but there's a level of, like, God has people in your life and he has a group for mm -hmm. you. And, um, you know, just trying to seek out and find who that group is. And, right. The, those people that will pour into me and I can pour into and just that right. level of equal discipleship and mentorship. Right. Well, and that's like the close tier, right? And yeah. Then yeah. I mean, there's fun. always, when you're in a community like real life, we have hundreds of people, hundred people come into real life, whatever <laughs> it is. It's hundreds. Over a hundred, you know, and so there's uh -huh. a large number of right. people and you can know names and faces um, but knowing the heart of all those people is too much for one person right. to take on. Right. And so um, each person probably has their own group. And, you know, I can think of different groups that are in real life. And well, the beautiful thing is we get to overlap. Yeah. But there, are, there is the grace and the space for the, the groups. Yeah. I mean, like you, Gemma, you are one of my closest friends in real life. And you have been for most of my time in college. Mm -hmm. um, but... Like, I don't have the relationship that you have with Beagley or, you know, like, right. there's just different levels of those relationships. Right. And so um, I think being okay with your 
level of relationship with someone. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and not being like, that's man, I wish I had that relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. And you very well could. The question right. becomes, have you extended that hand to right. seek that out? Right. But at the same time, be okay with if that's not right. the type of relationship that you're supposed to have with that person. Right. And or, like, yeah, it's, it's so definitely the grace of each. Because it's not like reaching a cap and being like, okay, I don't need any more friends. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's allowing the space for other ones, but also the peace and that. Because I struggled with FOMO for years. FOMO and friendships and people, like, somehow having this, like, <laughs> standards of, like, people I wanted, like, fun people, like being around the fun, like being around the fun people, but, like, learning to be, like, so satisfied with the people who are around me and finding the, like, the treasures of people who are around me and yeah, that's definitely a thing. See, I haven't even struggled really with FOMO. What I've done is I've just said, okay, if I'm not invited, I'm just going to isolate myself completely. <laughs> and I'll just stay at home and I'll watch Netflix uh-huh. and I'll watch sports and that. that'll be my life. And so I don't even like... They don't care, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of that thing of like, they're not going to care to invite me. I'm not going to care and I'm going to sit at home. But right. that state, that kind of a statement is something that you say you don't care but it's really just planting seeds of oh, yeah. um grievance and just um i don't even know the words big fancy psychological words that i can't think of right now <laughs> i well it that makes me think of like something i've been kind of thinking about recently about how it's pretty crazy how the people in our lives like the closest friends are the ones like there are the people that you're intentional with like i'm gonna meet up with you once a week like but also, like, the closest people and, like, the re- like the community, I feel like, is the people you do day-to-day life with, right? And, like, so, like, my roommates or the people I see, like, I work with or, like, go to classes with or whatever it might be. And so, like, those are the opportunities for the close friendships because it's just, like, like, at its very root, it's just so much harder to, like, spend time with people who aren't naturally in your day-to-day life. So I wonder if there's, like, something in that to be said for looking for friendship in the people you're with day to day well of course like making time for the people like you and I we don't cross over except I mean real life but like classes or work or like I think you know there's a level of um the day-to-day friendships and there's a level of like giving those space um to thrive and have their weight in your heart you know Mm -hmm. like um for me um I live with Hoove. Right. And, you know, Hoove is... I have one biological brother, and then I have Hoove, you know? I, so I have right. two brothers. Yeah. Um, he's my brother from yes. another mother. Um, and so I... You know, that's a relationship that I know I need to invest in. Right. And, um, and something that I need to cultivate. And I think in my day-to-day... I have like my work friends and you know I haven't really attached myself too much to my work mm-hmm. and developed super deep relationships with them but I still want to invest enough to where the love of Christ can be seen through me mm-hmm. so you know I think that of the Great Commission you know mm-hmm. and I think of that in our day-to-day and I want my level of relationship with the people that I see regularly to be something to where they can see Christ. 
because um, I may not get the chance to actually share the gospel with them or sit down and open up the Bible with them, but if they can hear, you know, simply I was at church this weekend or mm-hmm. have my church group, um, and they can just see those Christ-like actions, right. that might be the thing that leads them to that next question. Mm-hmm. Whereas the people that I want to intentionally invest in are going to be those people that they may not cross paths with me naturally, but I'm going to make time for us to cross paths. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I will carve out my schedule to have time for them. Jesse and I don't naturally cross paths. She's an engineer and works at a coffee shop. I'm a business student, and you know I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Um, but, you know, I'm going to make time for right. that relationship. Mm-hmm. And now, yes, it's a little different. We are dating. And so yeah. um, there should <laughs> be that. But uh-huh. um, with someone like you, Gemma, or mm-hmm. um, with Chad or Brian, you know, those people I'm going to say, and when I'm creating my schedule, these people need to have space to right. have time Well, and there me. is that level. I just wonder because... I wonder if there's space for looking for more opportunity and, like, depth of friendship with the people who naturally... Because there are the people who it's like, yeah, they are on that level. Then there's the next level down where it's like, I see them and we're close, like, when I'm living in Karis and I have my Karis gals. But I move out and I don't, like, there's, like, three of them that I'll... uh, More than that. But, you know, like, in terms of depth of friendship. And I wonder... But then there's the having the grace in that to be, like, I'm okay to, like, invest in this for the period of time I have with them and then not, like... Like the grace in either letting go or allowing people to let right. go when you move away from them or when you like aren't working or having classes with them yeah. anymore. I, I just think wonder. that's the nature of like college too. Unfortunately, yeah. we have to deal with that balance because, like my work group, mm-hmm. only four people are the same, excluding my bosses, mm-hmm. from last year. Right. And so, or three, I'm wow. one of those four. So three people, right. <laughs> and so you don't really have a whole lot right. of time and. Um, you know, with college, I'm graduating winter of 2021. Thank right. God, you know, amen. Um, but I may be gone in two years, and right. like, unfortunately, will I see most of right. these people on a regular basis? Right. That's all in God's hands. Like, I right. may still be at Oregon State once I graduate, but I may be in Tennessee or right. California, well, yeah. and. That's and like- you're right, that is, like, the struggle of students, right? It's, like, it, like you see that with churches. It's so hard to get, for a college student or anybody, right, to get plugged in for that short amount of time and, like, the depth, yeah. dig into the depth, because you're, like, I don't see the... Especially after you've done it a couple of years, and, like, well, I probably won't see you next year. So, yeah. so there's, like, value in it, but it's really hard. I mean, I've had that experience myself in my own life, because I, after my parents got divorced, I bounced around from church to church. And so, for me, it was, like... I'm not going to invest or dive deep because, shoot, I may be at a different church next Sunday. Yeah. Like, there's no guarantee that I'm coming back here. Yeah. And I think in high school, we went to Morningstar Church up in Salem, and mm-hmm. I started going to the high school group. But even then, I was just like, yeah, right. you know, I may invest right. every once in a while, but I'm not going to completely go in because... A, I don't live in the same city as you guys, so right. I'm not going to invest in that. And B, I may be gone next week. Like That just may right. not be the church we go to. So mm-hmm. um, 
it's very hard and I think college that feeling is just even more so because you're on your own you're an adult you're making these decisions for yourself and you have to decide do I want this or do I want to just leave it alone yeah it's just interesting because like I even think of it I'm thinking of it in the context of like this friendship idea of like looking for friends want friends it's kind of a weird like thing you're like how do I end up with like tight friends or a community and I wonder if it is just that like looking and being open to investing in the the people close around you that you have different similarities in and even if it's for a short time and yeah. like the letting go of because it's the dream right to have the best friend right and I mean I I dealt with that my freshman year I moved into the dorms didn't know anybody like the people I did know I didn't want to interact with like the people that came from my high school I didn't want to hang out with them anymore like my mode going into college was I want to leave all that behind as much as possible Mm -hmm. Um, and so I came into the dorms I really didn't care to make Mm -hmm. friends at all I was perfectly fine with sitting in my room and just binge watching TV and mm. playing video games and not doing anything. Like, do my homework and that's it. Like, that was perfectly fine with me. And then I got plugged into real life and those struggles that started this whole podcast is what kind of started creeping in. It's just like, I had people reach out to me. I had the Josh Larsons, mm-hmm. um, the Brian Gardners, the Beagleys, the Alex Audios, and I was like, this is cool but do I want it? And mm. like, I just kind of went about my life and mm. did as much engagement as I felt like for that day mm. or that week, you know, if I was like, eh, right. I don't feel like seeing people yeah. or that sort of stuff. And I had professors who would think that people were my best friends in college because I was with them, but it was just that natural, right? Really, like our paths naturally crossed because I lived next door to them. The or, intentionality was it? Yeah. yeah. And then come sophomore year, I think that's when... Last year? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's when I really started to struggle hmm. because those people that I was naturally around hmm. weren't natural anymore. Hmm. If I wanted to have community, I have 20 doors in front of me that I can knock on. Now I'm living in an apartment. Got to work for it. With a roommate that was basically an arranged roommate ship by our parents. <laughs> and I was living in North Corvallis. So, like, you are pretty much separated from the hub right. of activity on campus. And so I had to... Yeah, yeah, I had to work for it. Something. And I did not work for it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was okay with it. If it wasn't for Jeff, I would have been a very lonely human being Aww, fall term. Jeff. He was the guy that... If he was in Northtown, he'd be like, hey, I'm over on your part. I'm going to stop in for three minutes and just say hi. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Like, that's fine. As long as you're not here for an hour, I want to go back to my Netflix. <laughs> um, and, you know, he kind of helped me get through that. And then, but that translated into struggles once I got into a relationship mm-hmm. in January. And... Reveals the rough stuff. I was thrown into not just a, a family of seven, oh, yeah, a but a greater family group of 40 people oh, yeah. that 
all expect a level of investment and he's referring to the Pittman's family community the Bachos, the Nelsons <laughs> the Houchins the, the just everyone <laughs> and it was honestly a really big struggle hmm. and I mean I had you and you were a giant yeah. crutch at the beginning of it because I was like oh I know I know the Bachos like <laughs> I got Gemma, right? And then I wasn't there much. And then you weren't <laughs> the there. And so I had I had to interact with Marcy. My mom. <laughs> and Craig. And I had to develop that on my right. own. And I'm so thankful that I did. Yeah. Apparently your mom is roasting me now on Sundays when yes. I'm not at church and all that. And so I'm glad that I have that kind of relationship where we can just kind of have that back and forth but again how much do you want to invest that's a question I have to ask myself when it comes to Jesse's family Jesse's family friends and especially even like right with people who you don't maybe you wouldn't naturally connect with but you're like I know these are family now to some sense right and like how do you do that and it's like that with our community of real life right because there's people you wouldn't like maybe your only connection is Jesus I wonder if he's still (laughs) here Uh, Jesus might be your only connection and the intentionality of like, well, I'll be your friend while we have nothing else in common. But still, like, how sweet, because that's where we grow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty um, sweet. It's, it's hard because you, you're like, how, what do I want to invest? Like, if I've only got that one connection. Right. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, Jesus is the greatest connection yeah. of them all. Yeah. Um, so sweet. It's difficult. Yeah. Okay, we should probably wrap up because of the music. But I have one question that I think I want to, like, ask everybody on the podcast. So how do you hear Jesus? Or, like, how do you hear God's voice? And I know it often changes and stuff, and it just looks so different for everybody. And that's kind of why I want to, like, make that a question. Because, like, it can be a hard, uh, just an interesting thing. But everybody hears his voice. So how would you say you hear his voice? That's just kind of the question that I've been wrestling with myself is um, how do I and when do I? Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, with those fears and all that, it's something that is often prevalent in my mind and trying to fight it is something that I've been having to go through a lot. Um, I think... I think, you know, just the greatest times I hear his voice is in, like, messages and sermons, um, in conversations with people, and just actions, kind of, that see it to believe it kind of guy. Uh, Um, Like a prayer request, and then seeing an answer, you're like, oh, that was him. (laughs) Um, Or even, like, the little things, like, whenever I, like, usually whenever I am having doubts about Jesse, it's often quickly fixed by an action that Jesse says or does that I don't expect, mm. you know, just, uh, just like a simple, like, Hunter, you're a great comforter, mm. like, you're a great person to talk to, and just those little things where it's like, okay, God, like, you have me here for a purpose, right. or like, being at work the other day, I was questioning, like, where I want to go and all that, and my boss asked me about what I want to do, and I was just kind of just airing everything out that I've been thinking about. Verbal and, processing. Yeah, and Basically. God just kind of reaffirmed it through mm-hmm. my boss. Yeah. And he's just like, 
yeah, we'd love to have you around. Like, mm-hmm. we might even look into a graduate assistant position mm-hmm. with you. And just being like, oh, like, right. that could be, that could fulfill the year gap between Jesse right. and I. This and connection. Have that job. Yeah. And yeah, just little things where it's like, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to see it. You can right. hear all the words come in and um, say all the words, but once you see it, mm. you know, there's that. Mm level of right but we know that faith is believing in the things unseen right and so being able to just have that faith that they will come to fruition right. um i'm reading a book right now called the next do the next right thing mm. i recommend it i've only read one chapter but i highly recommend <laughs> it already um, but the thing that it mentioned is we have an addiction to clarity huh. and we as people want the five-year plan from God um, and we want to have that long-term plan and that addiction to clarity feeds into um, a lot of fear and a lot of doubt when we don't see things the way we want to see things Mm. and it's that idea of if I can map it out and I can understand it I can fix it Mm. Um, instead of letting God do the fixing mm. we want to do the fixing and so I think my biggest prayer and something that I'll just leave this podcast with is um, opening up your heart mm. to not understanding mm. um, that gives way to a lot of fear mm. or it opens your heart to a lot of love and mm. grace and so it's your choice to decide whether you want to choose the fear or the love mm. and grace um, but just have that be a prayer in your yeah. in your life of God. I'm gonna let things be open to you, and I'm gonna do the next right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the examples that it gives were um, Jesus and his miracles. The next thing after wasn't a great lecture; it was practicality. Mm-hmm. With Jairus and his wife, after Jesus raised his daughter, the next thing that Jesus did wasn't preach about resurrection. Mm-hmm. He told his parents to go get her lunch and go get her food love that and so focus on the next practical thing right and let god take care of the great and the mm. spiritual i think that's the the word that i just want to leave with i love that <laughs> uh great i wish we still had the piano to be our playing out i know music. i'm slightly concerned that it drowned us out <laughs> you might get a minute of beautiful piano and nothing of our voice Goodbye. Goodbye. I love you all.